know, Chris, some might say us not recording is us being lazy. Some and might. They might be correct, but I would raise you all that we're actually just big brain and just waited so that we had the Summer Games Fest to talk about. Now, I think if we do the math correctly, we would have still been talking about that today regardless. But you know what? I In my head canon, that's why we haven't recorded for a while. Hey, that's okay, man. You know, stuff stuff happens. We ain't professionals. We get we 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 average like ten listeners per week, and hey, we appreciate those ten listeners for sure. But uh, but yeah, you know, we we got to the point. It was like we could have recorded last week, but then we would have been able to talk about the Xbox showcase, and so now we're here and we're fucking going to. I was sick, so there was also that's that. True. You were also sick. I I don't know how bad you were last week, but but honestly, the the reason we're recording now and not an hour from now is because you might be legitimately unable to speak in an hour. <laughs> yeah, I've had a really bad cough like the last week. I could have probably recorded last week from it got real. It got worse like Thursday through the weekend, uh, and I think most of my cough has been gone today, so that's good. So I'm I'm on the path to recovery. <laughs> Thank um, God. But so yeah, I, I, I did forget that that was actually the main excuse for why we didn't record. Because I think if I was healthy, I would have been like, "No, let's do it. We can record." <laughs> I got to talk about Pokemon, which now probably not even going to talk about that because <laughs> there was there's been a lot of Vigigame news this last week. Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for the amount of news we have because you know, like like I've explained on the show before. I, I, you know, sometimes it feels like I just, like, slink into a cryopod and wake up one day and I'm like, oh, shit, Xbox is, like, doing a showcase in an hour? What the fuck? <laughs> and, like, so so I, I don't think I even actually knew the Summer Games Fest stream was happening until they were already in the middle of it. Oh, see, I knew, I knew that, I knew both of them were coming up. I just didn't know actual dates. I saw some headlines on Twitter, like, last week. When was Summer Games Fest? Was that like last Thursday, last Friday? Uh, I will check. I will open up the Game Awards YouTube channel and we'll see when it was archived. Um, boy, Jeff Keeley, so man, was... Jeff Keeley, real stepping up this summer. Yeah. Uh, so, so there were, we had we had Summer Games Fest, and then uh, yesterday we had the just absolute banger of a showcase from from Microsoft and Bethesda. We'll get into that one. A little bit later because yeah. we're gonna we're gonna go through we're gonna we gotta first, dig into that one. first yeah i mean we have we have thoughts on just about every single game that they showed which is crazy because normally you know you'll come out of one of those there's there's the few big name ip that gets you know all the attention but i mean like i said just about every game they showed i'm interested at least checking out and most of them are going to be on game pass but like, like we said we'll get to that for sure uh summer games fest live stream was june 9th so that was thursday last thursday okay so yeah so from thursday to friday there's been a lot of and i think there's been some other smaller uh developer things i think devolver had another show slash showcase type thing that was after the summer games fest uh i haven't I haven't seen that. I should probably go back and watch that, honestly. Let me check um, on that. Because there's I'm a... Sure. Oh, yeah. That was uh, at least hosted on GameSpot three days ago. So, yeah, I, I got to watch that, too. Devolver normally yeah, that... has a really fun show. Yeah, it's usually pretty entertaining. Uh, most of the games, I'm like, cool. 
<laughs> and I should point out as well, I, I don't know how much is going to be there that I am excited for, but there is a Capcom showcase going on right now. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. So, so yeah, there might not be E3 this year, but there's still a lot of developers putting out showcases right around the same time. And we still don't know um, when PlayStations is or when Nintendo's going to drop their big direct. Or, yeah, or at least their, their next direct. Who knows yeah. if you can call it a big one because Nintendo uh, rolls to the beat of their own drum, which is fine. Just keep keep doing you. But, boy, once we get... We'll have we have some. I know we both have some thoughts about Sony. Uh, after while we're talking <laughs> about the the Xbox showcase, because whoo boy, whoo boy. But uh, let's jump into Summer Games Fest. We have uh an article pulled up that kind of just goes through just about everything that was revealed. Um, the the showstopper was new last of us remake info but we'll save that for the end because we have the most thoughts about that yeah um so i think first up you you're pretty excited for callista protocol yes i thought the trailer looked really cool um it was one by far probably the most promising new game we saw i think uh of, or of new footage of i mean we've we knew this this wasn't a world premiere announcement like we, this game had been known to be in production since i think um the game awards i think it that's the first time i saw it possibly uh, well now we get gameplay and like a substantial yeah. amount yes and it, it looks pretty cool it's got a dead space vibe but uh as you were just telling me before we started recording uh i someone likened it to being more like god of war than uh dead space we assume that's the combat because the aesthetic is a hundred percent like dead space <laughs> yes <laughs> but um it looked pretty good from a graphic standpoint um that i am a hundred percent interested in this once it comes out yeah it's probably something i'm gonna check out as well um you know i i feel like and, and i hope this isn't just like my perspective changing as my like home base of gaming changes because neither of us are really console boys anymore but it, it feels like the tide is shifting and more things are being released on pc so like the callisto protocol kind of strikes me as the kind of game that would only be on playstation and maybe that's because it looks like returnal but thank god it's not only mm -hmm. on playstation yeah yes I, I actually you know you said that about returnal i was like oh yeah the their outfits look very similar to the uh the spacesuit of the main character in Returnal. Yeah, is it just me, or do we have a lot of space horror recently? Yes. No, I was thinking that exact thing when this came out of like what the f oh well there was like a stretch I can't was it in the I can't remember if it was during Summer Games Fest or during the Xbox showcase where it was like five horror games in a row. I think it was the Xbox showcase. And I was like, I mean, I'm not mad about this, but what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm into it. If, if I have to pick an aesthetic for horror, like, uh, space horror lends itself to a lot of my preferred genres of horror. Uh, in particular, like, body horror or things about AI and the human condition, shit like that. It's just, it's a weird moment to be in, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, I mean, could you say it's a golden age for horror style games 
the, the last few years. I feel like we've gotten some pretty decent ones. None of them have been super mainstream, but there's definitely something to find, some quality horror games to find where I feel like in the past, if it wasn't like Silent Hill or, or Resident Evil, there it was just you, you, you randomly get an indie title like Outlast or something that would come around and you go, oh, wow, this is really good. But Yeah, you know, that that's interesting. That might be something worth digging into. I, I don't know if I would be confident enough to say that like right now is the golden age, but I do think that there was certainly a lull where we did not get a lot of good horror games where and you know amnesia the dark descent i feel like is a a key turning point in the horror genre Mm. for the worst like oh (laughs) for for me amnesia amnesia is a good game i'm not knocking amnesia amnesia did do a lot of things to push the horror genre forward however in its wake because of how simple, I guess, Amnesia was and how simply it laid out ways to scare the player, it produced a whole hell of a lot of copycats. And and it seemed like for a mm. while the horror genre like belonged to indie developers that were doing things that looked like shit and weren't all that interesting. And, feel, okay. and even then, you have some, like, double a offerings like outlast which i've heard people like outlast but it's still not my preferred kind of horror game because it is like amnesia where you're kind of just to me it looks like you're walking from scare to scare and there's not a lot of actual gameplay involved whereas something like dead space is both or and also more recently resident evil 7 and 8 are good games as well as being good horror games but like you pointed out back in like the ps2 era there were games like silent hill or Resident Evil, um, and even before that, like, PC DOS games like Clock Tower and that kind of point-and-click situation, horror's been good. I think it was just for a while, it was uninteresting. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that has kind of helped is we got, I, I think, Phasmophobia. I, I think the Phasmophobia is something recently that's a super tiny project where I think that has, I don't want to say if that's helped spearhead stuff, because that game's been out for a few years now at this point. But, you know, a horror game that actually did some of that low-brow-y things, I think, really well. Um, granted, if you play it a lot, some of uh, some of its charm, I think, wears off because you <laughs> get very, you get very uh, methodical in how you approach finding out the ghost. But I think from some of the updates, it started to get a lot more like just random shit will happen and actually it's like pretty fucking scary again. Yeah. Um, but I, I think of stuff like that of more of a... Some of the newer indie type thing titles that aren't some of these bigger budget ones that we're getting, we're even getting stuff on the like to your point on the small end now that is stepping up the bar of what is done from a horror standpoint. Yeah, but, and there actually was quite a few interesting uh, horror adjacent projects that I've seen in these shows that I'm very excited for that we'll talk about later. Yeah, not not uh, not to derail the conversation too much, but I I do enjoy yeah. horror. But uh, we also got footage of the new call of duty which i mean it's called it's duty. call of duty i think it's i it's weird to see some of these um legacy characters come back uh yeah so what's what all right so i don't know you you probably know more about this than me but like so the new call of duty is call of duty modern warfare 2 right 
it's it's a reboot of the modern warfare. So so games. it is like a full reimagining and not like yes. a sequel series. It is a reimagining with it's it's a new scenario with those old characters. Okay, so have you played the last one? The new modern I did not warfare play one? Modern Warfare's campaign, no. Okay, cuz I yeah, they 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 pointed out they weren't shown in the gameplay or the trailer, but they pointed out that Price and uh Gaz are present in the campaign somewhere. And I'm just curious like why? You know? Well, Captain Captain Price was the main thing, like the main push, I think, to bring most of these characters back, and then an excuse to get Ghost back because if you're, cause it's still, if you have stuck with the Call of Duty franchise, like everyone's like, oh my god, I love those characters, oh my god, which you know, except for Price and Soap, they're all only in one of the <laughs> th- those three games. You know, Gaz dies in the first one. Uh, Ghost and Roach die in the second one. Soap dies in the third one. It's just like every uh, Captain Price is the only one who fucking lives through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and I I guess I I should play the Modern Warfare campaign to answer my own question. Um, but you know, Modern Warfare Two back in the day was the only Call of Duty I ever put any significant amount of time into. I did play through the Modern Warfare One and Three campaigns, but I only really remember two. And I guess I'm just curious what the motivation behind rebooting it is, besides money. Like, what are the writers yeah. doing with this campaign? Is it the same events? Am I gonna shoot? It is not. Am I gonna shoot 200 civilians in an airport again in this one? Like, what? What's oh, happening? No. The 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 story being told is drastically like nothing even close to what was done in the first one. Does that not um, make it feel cheap to you? I don't know. Would, would it, no, it would does. It be, That's why. I, would it be cheaper I, if they did the same thing or if they did something completely different? I don't know. I just I don't get it, so I don't think about it too much. That's I, fair. I tried. I tried thinking about it and went. I don't understand why we're doing this. This is weird. I haven't played a Call of Duty campaign in over five years, so I don't care. And then <laughs> I just and then I move on with my life. But one thing I want to note on Call of Duty before we move on, I saw somebody tweet this that uh, they were comparing the gun editing mechanics of the original Modern Warfare 2 and what will be in the new one. How, like, you know, in the original Modern Warfare 2, you could have one attachment. And there were, like, eight, maybe eight total attachments. I don't even know if there were that many. It might have been six. And if you wanted a second attachment, it was a whole perk to itself. There's over 30 attachments for every single gun in the new Modern Warfare 2. Damn. That's fucking insane. Like, everyone's talking about how you need to have, like, a college degree in order to figure out how to, like, you know, optimize a loadout, for mostly for Warzone. But it's just like, what are we doing? What the <laughs> fuck? What, what is, uh, okay, that's enough about Call of Duty. We've spent too much time on it. I do want to point out, um, it is going to be $70. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. It's probably going to be 130 gigabytes and cost $70. Yo, but if that uh, Activision acquisition ever goes through, it could be on Game Pass. Could be on Game Pass. We'll get to that. Uh, we got to see gameplay footage of uh the delicious last course. It looks like more Cuphead. Dope. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot new to see from from that trailer. I will point out. Uh, <laughs> I was pretty unimpressed by the initial reveals for the new Saint Row. Um, it, yeah. it seemed like it wasn't going to be in line with what the series had been. 
which would have made sense because it is a reboot. Uh, but it wouldn't be Saints Row if it wasn't fucking weird and crazy. But the more I hear about it, the more those fears are subsiding. And to that end, they... Uh, man, I, I kind of forget who's making it now because I don't think Volition is a thing anymore. But at the Summer Games Fest, they announced that they are dropping like a very small standalone program called Boss Factory, which is basically just the new Saints Row character creator. That's it. That's all they're releasing. It's not even like a demo. It's a standalone experience where you get to design a character. And I think there's like a photo mode for it, which I love. I don't know about you. I've never really played or gotten into a Saints Row game, so I'm indifferent. That's fair. It's just like a uniquely Saints Row move. And it feels really classic because I remember when Spore was a thing. Like, uh, when the hype was building for that, they released the Spore Creature Creator, and uh, I messed around with that quite a bit and then never played the actual game. <laughs> but that's it. That's I, thought, I thought that was a little cool addition. And uh, is a, it's a good way to keep people's appetite wet while we wait on actual gameplay footage. Yeah. Uh, and then... On, a, on the horror note still, there was uh, another game we saw was routine i believe is what it was called uh that looked creepy don't know a whole lot about that but again another yeah because totally i was just saying another trailer. horror game yeah in space goat goat simulators getting a third game i didn't even know there was a second one bro so same that. i looked, i saw that and i thought <laughs> did they do it too or is this a bit it might be who knows okay. i let me, let me look it up right now and make sure was there <laughs> a goat i don't think there was i think it's a bit so so okay that yeah i i i am seeing this in the article we're reading it that it's goat simulator 3 was announced with a dead island 2 parody trailer i thought that's what it was <laughs> yeah when it was coming out and then okay good to know it wasn't crazy so that's a thing cool that's so goddamn funny if we cared about warhammer we'd say anything more than what i just did um oh but one of the greatest moments of summer game fest was uh, Monkey DeLuffy getting <laughs> getting announced to having a new game. Jeff Keeley trying to talk about the new One Piece game, and like you know, maybe it was the uh, the fault of someone on the teleprompter. But the main character of One Piece, his name is Monkey Space Capital D Period Space Luffy, and like even if he said Monkey D Luffy, that's okay, that's understandable. But man's yeah. really just slurred it together and said Monkey DeLuffy. And also, like, come on, Jeff. Like, you know who the fuck Luffy is. <laughs> don't don't tell me you don't know who this character is. I don't believe you. Yeah, he might not watch anime. You don't know, Jeff. Okay, but, I mean, Luffy's one of the faces of, like, animation and shit like that. Like, he, I, I... Nah, someone who's in the video right. game space, someone who's in the video game space should know who Monkey D. Luffy is. I I don't know. As at least as much as he is, where every single game that was shown at the Game Awards, he goes, "Yo, dude, I can't wait to play that." <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and then I think the last one we want to, I, at least I want to talk about before we talk about the Last of Us stuff was uh, American Arcadia. Uh, this looks really interesting. It's kind of like a Truman Show type thing of uh, people live in a dome and they're just constantly being watched for entertainment, it seemed like. And 
I, I think there's uh, two different ways to, you can play. You can play as someone who's trying to leave the dome and then someone on the outside who's either trying to assist people inside the dome or something. like there's two different angles you can see but this this uh what's the utopian dysto- dystopian utopia type game is just like made for me so i'm really excited to <laughs> be able to get my hands on this yeah i will want to see some gameplay before i say definitively but the idea and the style on display is very interesting yeah, so then, yeah, the last thing they, they ended with was Last of Us remake <laughs> info and other stuff that they're working on a Last of Us multiplayer game. Cool, I guess. I don't know. Um, and I think they were, they showed some screenshots from filming of the, the TV show. Uh, I, I kind of can't stand the way that Naughty Dog tries to make it seem like uh, stories didn't weren't a thing in video games until they started making story-driven games. Um, they come off very pompous to me, and it kind of annoys the shit out of me <laughs> how they're just like, oh my god, dude, this story, it's just like, you just, you have to just be a fucking intellectual of the highest degree to fully appreciate the stories that we're trying to tell in these games. And I'm like, bro, I, I thought The Last of Us was good, but like, holy motherfuck, why is it getting another remake? <laughs> yeah, I do want to say, you know, to their point, The Last of Us, I do feel like was a significant turning point in games focusing on story and was a particular, like, personal awakening for me in thinking about games as storytelling vehicles. But they are pretty holier than thou when discussing their own game. Yeah. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. They are at the top of storytelling. How uh, The the, the degree of stories that are told within video games. Like, they're at the top. And they're very good at it. But, yeah, to your point, it's the whole holier than thou aspect that they, I feel, constantly have been just putting out there since uh, Last of Us 2 came out. It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then if you criticized some of the, you know, creative decisions that they made in Last of Us 2, it's like, well, you just don't get it. And I'm like, fuck off. Some of the shit you did from a narrative perspective was bad. From my perspective. I didn't like it. And I think that's valid for me to not like some of the decisions that you made. Not to say that it made the game bad. I still like the game. There were narrative decisions. I was like, well, this is, I don't want, this isn't what I want. And I mean, that's okay. That's part of having an opinion on shit. <laughs> yeah. And not every game is going to be exactly to your liking, but I was, I was kind of surprised at how much they kind of pushed back to anyone critiquing some of the decisions that they made, especially with Last of Us 2. Yeah. And even as somebody, you know, who enjoyed the story, I, I think more than you did, you know, I, I enjoyed the story more than you did. I, I do think that it, it does seem a little tone deaf to still talk about the games with such reverence after the, uh, I guess, mixed reviews The Last of Us 2 got. Not mixed, polarizing. It was a very polarizing game. Yeah. And you and I just loved it, or also, hated it. Well, I, and I also want to put it out there my issues were not the fact of. I mean, I had issues with what was the other girl's name? Abby. 
Abby. I had issues with how they took Abby's storyline because I thought what they, what I would like to have seen, I thought would have been better. Uh, but I was not one of these people who was like, you put a buff chick in a game. This is so unrealistic. Like the sexist <laughs> shit, all those people can go fuck off. Like, fuck you. Yeah, it was a lightning rod for the We Hate Women crowd. Oh my God. And I, I, my issues were more with just narrative decisions, not who the characters were. I think they could have done similar shit, but a little better. But again, that's just me. I still, and to your point, it's like you said, I still really liked, the, I still really liked the game. It was a great game. Um, but yeah, I just don't understand. And I, I think it, it's getting at the a point that I have an issue with where I, I put a really, what I thought was interesting graphic in our uh, Discord where it was just, it was showing, uh, it showed Skyrim, GTA 5, and Last of Us all came out on three, are, are now going to be on three different generations of consoles. And uh, funny enough, um, Skyrim and and GTA 5 haven't gotten like sequels or another iteration in that series since those come out have come out. Yeah, and or it, even a significant remastering. Yeah, like yeah, the remaster the quote remasters that those have gotten have been piss poor. Like at least the last one is using the new engine. It does look yeah. better. Yes. Yeah. But the, the, those companies have just been using those as cash cow vehicles and we haven't gotten new games. So, now granted like with Bethesda, and we're gonna get into this. We got, we finally got to see Starfield, and I'm like, oh, this is why they haven't put out <laughs> a big game. They've just been putting all their resources into this. <laughs> uh, but with that, I think that's a good transition. Well, there, there's if, two things I want to touch on from the Summer oh, Games Fest stream. Okay. Very, very small things, but um, during the Summer Games Fest stream is when we finally got a release date for Neon White which is a video game that I have been looking forward to for a few months now since they dropped the demo. I think it was during a Steam Next Fest a few months ago. It's it's a first-person shooter speed-running game where they focus on fast movement. So, like, my shit. Uh, yeah. And it has not had a release date. And then when they announced it, it was literally a week from the day they announced it. So it comes oh. out in three days. So it was almost a, and you can play it today. Almost. But not quite. So I'm very excited about that. Please check out Neon White. It's got a similar aesthetic, I feel like, to a game from Atlas. Closer to Catherine than Persona, but somewhere on that spectrum. Okay. And cool. then the other game was, uh, and actually there is a Steam Next Fest going on right now that I've already downloaded 13 demos from. Holy One no. of those demos being the game Metal Hellsinger, which was shown off during Summer Games Fest. Um, it is not the first game to do the things that it's doing, but it does look pretty cool. It is a first-person shooter rhythm game where you try to shoot and reload on the beat to the music that you are playing with. Sounds oh, dope that's... as shit. I yeah. don't know how it plays yet, but I'm excited to try it out. Yeah, the concept of that sounds awesome. Uh, I think the last game I saw I tried that was called Bullets Per Minute, and that was pretty rough. It was an indie title, and I guarantee that this game is taking inspiration from that, so I'm hoping it'll be a little bit more polished, and I will probably check that out later tonight. So that's all I got for Summer Games Fest. Cool. Well, wow, we spent a little more time than I thought on that. 
on that than I thought we would. But we will move along into the big kahuna that was the Xbox Showcase. Let me set the Xbox scene. Xbox Bethesda Showcase. Let me set the scene for you, okay? It's been okay. an hour of Game Pass reveals. The next 12 months of Xbox, they said. You're pumping out bangers. You got Forza Hot Wheels. You got um, fucking <laughs> Riot coming <laughs> to Game Pass. You oh, got I forgot about that. nothing about Halo, but you can fly the Pelican in Microsoft Flight Sim. It's a dope show. We'll talk about the specifics, but you are an hour into this. And then what happens? Oh, my God. It's Todd Howard with the steel chair. By God, Sony is dead. I don't know. I think Sony died even before Todd came on when they announced uh, the Persona games. Oh, well, yeah, that was the Xbox. double team. That was like the two dudes in the ring just stomping on Sony when they say, we got it, Persona 3, 4, 5, 3, 4, 5. And then right after that, they get the man himself, Kojima, on the big screen to say, I'm very excited to work with Microsoft on my next project. And then you <laughs> unleash the Todd. <laughs> yeah it was um it's one of the best showcases microsoft's had in a long while they i i think i said this in our discord just saying like the 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 their their efforts are bearing fruit and how they kind of just i think really took it internal when it came to realizing we don't have jack shit for games on our platform <laughs> that are worth buying <laughs> and they have uh they have been starting to pump. Now, some of this stuff I don't think is 100% going to be Xbox exclusive, but just the amount of shit coming to Game Pass is fucking nuts. Yeah, and that that was the big takeaway. And that, and that's something that we've both been saying for a long time on this podcast, that the, the pendulum is swinging back towards Microsoft, and the entire reason is Game Pass. Because even something like yeah. Hollow Knight Silk Song, that's going to be on everything. But the fact that it's on Game Pass is dope as shit. Yeah, and then that, yeah, I saw that one. Oh fuck! That, and that on looked top cool. of the acquisitions they've made, besides just Bethesda, like yeah, there's a good slate of stuff here. And me again, as a PC gamer, my main avenue of playing all of these is going to be through the Xbox network. Oh yeah. So I think what we just want to start going down the list, and see if we have any strong thoughts on certain things. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you, I okay. I've been very upfront about this for months, maybe even years, but like. In my heart, in the depths of my soul, if you ripped open my chest and looked deep inside of me, I am only a middle school girl. Uh Which is why Redfall is so fucking exciting (laughs) to me. It also just looks cool. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, so Redfall is a game coming out of Arcane Studios. So it is technically a Bethesda title, not made by Bethesda. Great. I fucking hate the gunplay in the Fallout series. That being said, the gunplay in, like, uh, Deathloop or Dishonored, also still kind of rough. Not really my jam, but for the aesthetic this game is going for and what looks like dope as shit co-op, I'm super in for it. Yeah, it, it looked kind of like they they just took the Deathloop island area, made it a city, and were like, go kill vampires. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't Which even know. I'm here for. I don't even know explicitly what the gameplay loop is going to be. All I know is that you are hunting down vampires. The vampires themselves have a very classic look to them, where it's like a not decrepit Nosferatu. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like Nosferatu yeah. if he still had all of his muscles. <laughs> yeah, it could just rip your head off. <laughs> Which did make it seem like the vampires had a total of four animations, but assuming that gets a little bit more variety, I, I really like how they are doing the vampire design here. And, uh, and, you know, I also feel like, uh, weirdly, we are kind of in a vampire moment between, like, a new Vampire the Masquerade, there was another open-world game just called Vampire that came out last year, I think, and now Arcane's Morbius. doing a... Morbius, bro. <laughs> We're gonna load up in Redfall. I'm gonna reload my shotgun and say, it's Morbin time. <laughs> and we're gonna kill some vampires. God. <laughs> Long... Yeah, that'll be a fun co-op game for sure. Yeah, long and short of it is, I'm into it. Yep. You already mentioned Hollow Knight Silk Song. That looked cool, although still no release ho- date. Couldn't couldn't really get into Hollow Knight, uh, but you know it looks it looks dope, and it's for a specific kind of gamer. <laughs> yeah. Um. As one of my one of my friends keeps putting it, who is uh, probably more excited for Silk Song than me, Team Cherry, the people making the game, is like almost literally just four dudes in a basement and they probably all still have full-time jobs so oh. production on silk song has been very slow um and i believe okay. hollow knight was actually originally a kickstarter funded game um and huh. as one of the milestones for that game or not milestones but like one of the stretch goals they had was that they would include dlc for the character of hornet um let me let me see when did hollow knight come out it's been out for a while. Oh, it definitely has. Hollow Knight came out February 24th, 2017. Jeez. Silk Song was supposed to be that DLC, and it got so big, they decided to make it its own game. And so Damn. here we are, more than five years after that stretch goal was hit, and we still don't have a release date for this game. But we saw well, gameplay. Well, it's supposed to be coming out within a year. True. They have until June 11th, 2023. (laughs) If it ain't out, I'm rioting. Um, I was kind of surprised at how into High on Life I was. Bro, Justin Roiland's got a, like, real-ass, real game studio making real games. It, It looks weird as shit, but it's just the kind of weird that I'm like, this is kind of refreshing. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, you know, regardless of your opinion on Rick and Morty, I do think that Justin Roiland is probably one of the most modern comedic writers currently. His style is, like, very with the times. And and I think High on Life being on Game Pass, being very early in the Microsoft showcase, and, you know, having the wild aesthetic that it does, I think it's setting it up to be one of the great comedy video games in the last few years, which, like, not a very competitive scene. Yeah, I mean, I still think Borderlands 2 is one of the funniest games that I've played, but that came out, like, a decade ago. Right, and I would raise you Portal 2, and same thing. Yes. Came out a decade ago. Yeah, it's been a, a big dry spell on comedic games. So, yeah, I'm super into it. I'm excited. I, I hope but, uh, it feels as good to play as I think it will be funny. Yeah. But uh, next we have what probably could have been the biggest announcement to come out of 
this showcase, which is Riot Games is coming to Game Pass in a huge way. <laughs> yeah, this was really like I I want to know what the the hard numbers on the deal here between Microsoft and Riot was because this really feels like outside of Riot trying to put League of Legends in front of even more eyes than it already is. This was Microsoft taking their fat cock out and slapping it on the stage. Like, like long enough to fall out of their zipper line and fall to the ground on the stage, you know? Yeah, I mean, you could have just had almost any one of these things alone. And it would have been like, god damn, that's crazy. Like, all champions unlocked in League of Legends. There's over 100-something of them. Like, there's a shit ton. That's nuts. All, the all agents unlocked in Valorant isn't crazy just because that hasn't been out for that long. But, I mean, <clears throat> team... Fight tactics, Runtaria, like Runtera, Runtaria, Runtera. Like, I these have really dedicated communities amongst themselves, and you can play them all. I guess through Game Pass is, I'm assuming what it is. Yeah, it'll probably be you know some way integrated with the Riot launcher, I would imagine. Yeah, but yeah, could you imagine like how much money would it take to buy all the champions in League of Legends? Or how much time would it take you to play the game to unlock all the champions? Granted, that's not the draw of the game. You pick a few champions that are your mains and you roll with that. But to have, like you said, over 100 champions for $10 a month? I mean, on top of the deal the Game Pass already is? That's dope as shit! And if if, if there's something like, because like when I played Smite, there was like, you could buy the Founders Pack, which was like a $30 upfront thing, and you just get every champion or every god that would come out going forward. I don't know if that's a thing in League of Legends, but even if it is, like, it, it I don't know. It's just everything all together is just seems like a massive deal because, I mean, League of Legends makes all their money off of buying skins anyway. So, you know, give everyone every champion, and then it's just like, yeah, pick the ones you like, and then just go buy skins for them. Yeah, That's buy our how they're going to make a shitload of money. Yeah, so I I could not believe that. And maybe maybe we're overselling it, but I don't think we are. I think that's a, just a massive get for, for Game Pass. It was certainly not something we were expecting. Oh, no, not at all. Because you and I both, we were popping off in the chat like, holy shit, did they really just, oh, my God. Yeah, that was nuts. Um, I is this the third Plague Tale game coming out? Man, I I couldn't tell you. I don't give a shit. Are those good? Because they keep making them, so they must be good. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we'll, I we'll, I have no idea. We'll move on. Um, Forza needs to stop being literal, just visual sex. Yeah, in a racing game. You know, having a racing game be a launch title is a time-honored tradition, at least for Microsoft. Racing games are always the best showcase of what your current hardware can have on offer. But it really feels like the inhibitors have been taken off now because they don't have specific hardware they're pushing. They never mention an Xbox One S in the showcase. So They did, like, that you could get it on there. Yeah. But I heard it. So, but, like, yeah, yeah. they're I, not I specifically saying. showcasing the Xbox, which is me- which means, like, all bets are off. This is, like, high-end PC-quality shit. Like, variant time of day, variant weather, paint scraping on the cars. Yeah. I, I, I was just like, I mean, I'm not into racing sims, but, oh, my God, I can still appreciate how 
absolutely stunning the visuals for this game are. And I mean, uh, Forza Horizons looked amazing too, and this one's just, just they just keep raising the bar to the point where I'm like, I don't. When are, when are we gonna hit the plateau? Like it's gotta be soon. <laughs> yeah. But goddamn, it, it feels like goddamn is be. just amazing. Like I guess that that's where I I've always hoped that it's going to be that like you know we've we've pretty much hit the peak of where we can get with realistic graphics. We're still working on faces. We're working on face animations. Looking at you, the quarry. But everything <laughs> looks really good. So now it's introducing the systems to make it feel more real. How do we make the driving feel better? How do we make the rain look good while we're at sunset, you know? How do we improve our physics engine so we can have very tiny pieces of the car fly off? And how does that affect the aerodynamics going forward? That's the kind of shit I want to see now. Yeah. And we're, we're about there. And, you know, let's go ahead and lump it together, right? So we got the Forza Motorsport, which I think is essentially like a reboot of that franchise because they were up to seven. But... It's they're probably just rebranding the next one to come out just being Forza Motorsport. Probably. So then also we're getting DLC for Forza Horizon Five, which is crazy Hot Wheels shit. I, I'm redownloading that game. <laughs> like a once brand, that comes out. it's a brand deal with Hot Wheels. They're like, I think Forza Horizon is already kind of the more arcadey version of the Forza series. And you so, can set up tracks and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah, so now you got the giant orange plastic-looking tracks, and you're making crazy, like, Grand Theft Auto cunning stunts tracks in Forza 5, and it looked awesome. And you can get just, like, Hot Wheel-modeled cars. Super dope. So crazy. Yeah. We, we, we were both really... You and I <laughs> seem to be the only two really excited in our friend group with that, but I was like, no, dude, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. I think I still have Forza downloaded. I just never bothered to play it. Because, like you, I'm not into super realistic racing sims. But that shit looked fun. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. We got more uh, flight simulator shit. Really, the only big, I, I think, noteworthy piece on that is you can now fly a, a Halo Pelican in Flight Simulator. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, um, it was, like, a big reveal for the flight sim heads. Like, you know, yeah. you get new planes, helicopters. It looks pretty cool for people that are into flight sims. Yep, and we're not, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we got some Overwatch 2 news, which I was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Um, They showed, I guess, the new character, one of the new characters, potentially, that's coming to Overwatch 2. She looks great. Ever, I love her. Whenever that really, oh, it's October 4th, okay. And it will be on Game Pass, day one. Oh, it will? It I will. thought you said it wouldn't. It will be. Oh, cool, cool. Well, so that's nice. You know, I always said, I don't know if I said on the podcast, as, as long as I can play it for free, I don't give a shit if Overwatch 2 doesn't change anything. Just don't make me pay yeah. another $40 for the same game. Yeah, I, I feel that. I, I'm with you there. Um, I think I took a pee break when Ara History Untold came on. I think that's like a Civ-type game. Yeah. I who Who cares? They, we got um, we got updates on Bethesda's uh, MMORPGs, new uh, Elder Scrolls Online content, new Fallout seventy six content. Fallout seventy six looks continues to just look like absolute shit. <laughs> it, everyone looks like Plato. I don't understand. Uh, the the Elder Scrolls Online content though scares me because I I. I, I don't think I should be allowed to get back into that because I think I'll get addicted um, just because I did like 
it when it first came out and I played the base game. It was fun. I just had no one to play it with. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just new expansions for both of those. Nothing, nothing crazy there. Vin Diesel riding a dinosaur. <laughs> I completely forgot about that when when they showed it. <laughs> so goddamn funny. Vin Diesel is a walking meme. I love him. I love him to death. Love you, Vin. Oh, I for. I forgot it was actual Arc 2. I thought it was an expansion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, Arc 2. And they're even doing a TV series with Netflix that I think Vin Diesel's doing a voice for because I think it's animated. So he's like, he's a character. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. So then then there's Scorn, uh, which, you know, it comes out this October. Perfect. It comes out 10 days before Halloween. Uh, it's kind of horror aesthetic is super intriguing to me where it's like, you know, it kind of looks like you're supposed to be in hell, but not like a fiery, painful hell, but like a disease ridden body horror built upon hell. The kind of thing where it looks like all the buildings are made out of skin and bone and it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I have no idea what the gameplay is really going to look like. I think it's vaguely a shooter. But it's something I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah, it was definitely like seventh circle of hell aesthetic, you know? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And if nothing else, it's going to be something I'm going to dig watching other people play. Yeah. Uh, the Flint, the, the trailer for Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn looked interesting. Um, this is one that was definitely like, I want to check this out when it comes out. Um but I don't, I mean, I know like nothing about it. It just, the trailer drew me in to want to at least check it out whenever that game comes out. Yeah. It looks like an amalgamation of a lot of different systems and it, it, it could be great or bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was like. I'll check it out, especially if it's on game pass. Sweet. Um, that's yeah. I don't know. I don't know until that one comes out. Yeah. The corpse of notch continues its tirade through the genres and Minecraftifying everything. You can get its grubby hands on. Yeah. And like what seems like kind of some RTS style shit, but not exactly. I, I don't know that Minecraft legends looks not for me. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do a deep poll and I wonder if you're here with me on this. I thought okay. Minecraft legends looked like overlord. Oh, okay. Yeah. You remember Overlord? Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. For for those that don't know, it was a third-person game where you commanded, like, it, I mean, I guess it was like Pikmin. It was very similar to Pikmin, but with, yeah. with, uh, with a dark medieval aesthetic, and you controlled armies of goblins instead of plants. Uh, Minecraft Legends reminded me a lot of that. I, I don't know if that's a good comparison, because we didn't see a lot of actual gameplay happening. But it seemed like something combined with that and then maybe like a, a a building sim of some kind as you rebuild villages in the land. I'm not really sure. Speaking of build simulators, though. Well, we got Mecha Stardew Valley. Fuck yeah, we do. This looked wholesome and fun and like you could spend a shitload of hours in Light Your Frontier. Yeah, and it's got like... um. An aesthetic similar to Satisfactory, which oh, I I got a I got a Slime Wrangler feel too. Uh, it's not as pastel for Slime Rancher. Sli- slime Rancher is a lot ranching. softer, but but I, I I do see what you mean. 
Yeah, I this is now that that's one of those games that just had a generic 2023 release date, which is really unfortunate because it looked like something I was ready to dig into that day. Yeah, yeah, I I was right there with you. I was like, oh, can I play this to <laughs> no? Oh, dang it! Because yeah, it's hard to say what the scope of it is, but they showed off a lot of different biomes. Uh, you can build some structures. There is farming involved. There's probably some kind of mystery happening on this planet you're on. Uh, it seemed to imply that there was multiplayer as well, which would be tons of fun. Yeah, for sure. So definitely looking forward to that. Spring 2023. I don't remember a lot of Gunfire Reborn, but I saw some people on Twitter like going absolute apeshit for this. So I, it's for some people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about it. Yeah, it does keep coming across on Steam, and I'm I'm not really into its art style, so I haven't looked at it. But coming to Game Pass. But one thing that I was really about was the last case of Benedict Fox. This was like a mis a side scrolling mystery type game where I was like, yes, yes, and yes. Um, can I play it today? <laughs> I can't. But this looks very interesting, and I cannot wait to check this out. Yeah, it. I go back and forth on enjoying Metroidvanias, and it's not clear if this is a Metroidvania, but it is a 2D side-scroller that seems explorative. But the setup, the aesthetic, the character seems a lot of fun. I'm also really into it. And then, as Dusk Falls, I think I'm going to get really into this because this is more just like a narrative-driven game. Yeah, it, it like, seemed um, like uh, Route 90. Route 96. Yeah. Seems like yeah. it might be similar a, a to little, I, I, there was I don't know if that was the one, but somebody said by the, uh, the, the, the devs, there was a dev that was going to make a Disco Elysium-type game, and I can't remember if that was supposed to be As Dusk Falls or something else we saw later. Hmm. Uh, but I saw that someone tweet that during the, the the showcase, and I now can't remember um, what it was. But I I liked how this seems very much like it's definitely one of those like where tiny decisions you make early can impact shit later on. I do like games like that. I will definitely check this out. Uh, oh God, this comes out soon. This comes out next month. Oh shit! So I will definitely be checking that out. Hell yeah. And yeah, probably based on what you tell me about it, I'll probably check it out after. Uh, the uh, some of the some of the the Japanese style games, I don't know how much we want to talk about. I I don't care much about them. They're not for me. I they agree. look cool, but eh, you know. Uh, pin Pentiment though, bro. Oh, this is well, no, this wasn't it because this was Obsidian. This was a a very artsy game. Artsy. I don't know if that's the right word. I'm definitely for, not but what I expected from Obsidian. Yeah, a narrative-driven, I think side scroll. This might have been the one actually that uh, is supposed to be like Disco Elysium. Maybe, maybe I don't know. But I, I'm checking this thing out for sure. And that comes out no this year as well. It comes out in November. Yeah. So that that one's like very clearly a narrative game. It's got. I, I don't know what time period. I'm going to say generically medieval art style, and it looks da Vinci, like... Da Vinci-y Vinci times. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so maybe not medieval, but yeah. Um, and, and it looks like you are, like, playing through pages on a book. Yeah, the art style is very unique, and I 
drawn in by that immediately. Yeah, it's got an interesting look. That might be one that I pass on, but I appreciate that those projects get made. Uh, Grounded is getting its full release, which is a what do you what do you call it? a sandbox type game from also from Obsidian. I can't believe that's still around. <laughs> if you like it, awesome. Not for me. I. Yeah. yeah, it's like Rust or Conan or Seven Days to Die, but if it was set in the universe of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, so if that's your aesthetic, go for it. More Not power me. to you. Uh, Erebon, Shadow Legacy, cool. <laughs> Diablo 4, meh. I mean, okay, hold on. This, <laughs> I'm not a big Diablo person, but... But this game looks fucking awesome. Okay. <laughs> I <coughs> Oh no, it's coming. It's, it's coming. We almost got we almost got to an hour. Um I thought this looked pretty freaking cool. I played some of Diablo 3 when it came to Xbox One. I played the Xbox One version. Uh and was kind of like, yo, this was fun. I could get into this if other people played it. I I could get into this if it seems as um in depth of a, a game as it they're showing it to be um i know some people fucking love diablo um i never really got into it because i wasn't a pc gamer when like diablo 2 came out but yeah uh, and i'm i'm not super big myself on that top down looter dungeon crawling situation and the series has lost a lot of goodwill after diablo immortal yeah but diablo 4 looked i I was i was definitely interested especially if it's, it's just coming to game pass bro yeah yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, that that's the great thing about Game Pass. Even if you don't think you'll like it, you got nothing to lose to try it. Yep. Speaking of trying, neither of us, like, really give a single shit about Sea of Thieves. I've played a collective <laughs> ten minutes of the- Sea of Thieves when it first came out, and I wasn't yeah. that into it. But, man, what an ad. Yo, this ad was so... I was like, uh, I'm gonna, I want to play it right now. Who's... Who's going to be a pirate captain with me? Let's go. That was so <laughs> fun. Especially, like, it wasn't, like, the whole commercial was a song, right? The whole thing was a pirate shanty. But they broke the fourth wall, and they were like, look at this new DLC we're releasing. Look at this ship loadout you can set. Doesn't it look fun to come and play Sea of Thieves? It wasn't even trying to be in-universe. It was super meta and was so much goddamn fun. Yeah. Do you remember? And it was really just to pr- promote the new season, not even DLC. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is just new seasonal content. Even. Do you remember way back in the day, like Xbox 360, like like mid mid time in the Xbox 360 cycle, the game Mercenaries Two. Yes. Mercenaries Two had a very similar commercial where they had a song that was like telling the story of the game, and they released oh, yeah. that as a single as a promotional product <laughs> for the game. Very, very that's, nostalgic. That's funny. Um, I don't know if you remember what Ravenloft was by the thing. I clicked the trailer to see. This had a very, like, unique, like, 8-bit meets Lego art style um, with some just wild-ass-looking enemies. Um... I have to try this just because of the art style alone. It is one of the most unique looking games I've seen. And I I get 
I, I don't know. I just I need to I would I need to play this and know more about it. I agree. It's a game I want to want to play, but I don't think the gameplay is going to jive with me. But yeah, like you said, the art style is super cool. It's vaguely Alice in Wonderlandy, and all of the characters, and it only seemed like most of the environments maybe are like voxel 3D pixel art. And in some cases, it's charming, and in other cases, it is purposefully very unsettling. Yeah. Some of it is just like, oh, fuck, dude, Jesus. <laughs> very, very but... cool game to look at. Yeah. Speaking of cool to look at, holy shit, bro. Yo, I think <laughs> what, this is another one where both of us were just like, wait, what the fuck? Bro. <laughs> in the chat. When 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 they did the thing with Cocoon, where it just like zooms out or in, we were like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Yeah. Oh, dude, this game's trippy. Gonna be trippy as shit. Crazy shit. So the next game from the dude that did uh, Limbo and Inside, which both are absolute fucking gems of games. Oh, they're great. So Cocoon is like the new. It's not even a side scroller anymore, right? Like it's kind of a full on like three D situation. I think so. But it's or it was like a side scroller, but because you can like go in and out of orbs, I I don't know. Yeah, so it's like you you pick up little orbs in the game that the camera zooms in or out on. It's like a whole nother world to explore inside that orb, which is like kind of feels like some similar uh, engine technology they were doing with the new Ratchet and Clank game. But yeah, neither it, of us were expecting it to happen in the trailer. No, and it definitely seems like it's like a mechanic to solving puzzle. Like you're, it seems like the whole game is gonna be one puzzle, and you have to keep going deeper, layers deeper to unlock shit on a previous level. Like I don't know, it, I, these games n always usually take a twist where I'm like, what the fuck? Didn't see that <laughs> happen. And then like the end of Inside, I was like, um, excuse me. What is this? Holy fuck. Um, so yeah, I'm I will be ready for the ride with this one and I I just will not have any preconceptions going in cuz I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that one without a doubt. That's going to be if I can help it a day one play. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, 100%. no release date, only 2023. Yep. We're almost done. Yeah. Skipping over whoa long. <laughs> Um, I think that is um, a like. Uh, oh, that's the Team Ninja game. Yeah. That'll actually probably be really cool. Yeah, I want to wait until I see some gameplay from it. Yeah, but I, yeah, I I there I don't know. We got nothing really to say <laughs> about it now. Yeah. Uh. So then then there was like the one of the other big dick slap moments was bringing Persona three, four, and five to Game Pass. And it's it's the like game of the year version. So it's Persona yeah. Four Golden and Persona Five Royale. I oh god! I like once this comes out, no one's gonna. I'm never gonna record the podcast because I'm just gonna be <laughs> playing through Persona Five again. Man, and then you already know by the time I beat Persona Five again, that's when they're gonna drop Persona Four. Imagine in 2017, I told you that not only would you be able to play persona games on pc but that it would be through a deal with microsoft i already told you you're insane insanity and then right after oh. that was when they wheeled kojima out in his classic pre-recorded video where he didn't announce a game 
didn't show any gameplay, no concept art, not a teaser, didn't give a title, didn't even say what kind of game he's making, but he said he's making a game, and it'll be on Game Pass. And it's a unique concept, so who the fuck knows? The RTS. next Strand-type <laughs> game. Please, Kojima, God, just, just define another game genre. Just build a whole nother new game genre, and then let people tell you it's three different kinds of game genres. Yeah. Um, however, then, I do want to say that despite that, um, Kojima Productions did release a statement after the fact that said they are still in good standing with PlayStation. The game will probably not be an Xbox exclusive, but the fact that it's not a PlayStation exclusive, I still think says a lot. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Everyone was like, oh, shit. Is it, uh, what, uh, no more games on PlayStation? I'm like, no, the... I, I can't stand the, the, the fanboys who think everything has to be on, like, console exclusive. The, the gaming industry as a whole is better when everybody can play everything. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm all for this cross-pollination. Yeah, and, and especially, you know, again, for us, if it means that games are coming to PC, great. Oh, even, yeah. even for yep. people that don't have, like, good gaming PCs that can play stuff, the uh, the, the PC space... I feel like should always be the equalizer. You should have all of your games on PC if you can help it. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And then there's Todd. Oh, God, dude. Finally, for the first time, showing gameplay of Starfield, which is not a game I gave any shit about until like five minutes into this gameplay reveal was it the flying uh i don't even know if it was anything specific but it was really just like seeing the game at all and the things that you can do which the flying was a uh, part of it <clears throat> but like i'm generally sorry it's burped on mic i'm generally not <laughs> the biggest fan of bethesda rpgs as a whole yeah like i'm not into the aesthetic of elder scrolls I don't really like the gameplay of Fallout, so I I, I kind of just resigned myself to the fact that I was probably never going to enjoy a Bethesda RPG. But Starfield does feel different. It's been in development for a while. I think it's on a different engine, and it's doing things that Bethesda has never done before. At this point, my only real question is how does the gunplay feel? And other than that... I'm kind of sold. I, it's not going to be great, but, like, if that's all that they have to do between now and release is fine-tune the gameplay to the best of their ability. I mean, the combat systems in Bethesda games has just never been good. Even in, like, Skyrim, I don't think it's good. Uh, So if they can just kind of, you know, fine-tune that between now and release, I think it'll be better the best combat system they've had yeah absolutely and and that combined with um you know other systems they had in place here was they they showed the character like like weirdly the first thing we saw was the character pulling out a tool and mining resources off of a rock for the crafting system in the game which has been stuff they have vaguely touched on in fallout 4 but not quite like this yeah i I saw a lot of um, people saying things about, oh, it's just No Man's Sky. Oh, I'm like, okay, but they've been working on this game for a while. 
So yeah, they're some of the shit's gonna be similar because like the aesthetic is kind of similar to the Outer Worlds, where you know it's a space traversing RPG game. All those types of things they're gonna have similar mechanics because all those games have them. Like you know, resource management, building settlements and shit. That's just what all those games do. Um, I'm not gonna. I mean, until the game comes out, I'm not gonna shit on what it looks like the game might be. One thing I I I saw Alana uh, tweet this about how her initial reaction to seeing it was when they said that there's a thousand worlds that she was a little bit concerned by that, and I kind of am too, just from a standpoint of like, is it like No Man's Sky and that there's a thousand unique world like quote unique worlds where you can do the same shit on almost all of them or is it gonna be like a mass effect one you can go to like 50 planets and just drive the mako around and get resources kind of thing you know they they haven't really explained what that means because i i I feel like it's gonna be more of like the mass effect model just because if not this game is going to be fucking huge, and you're never going to be able to do everything you could do in the game. Yeah, surely thousands of planets is a buzz marketing phrase. Because even if there is that much content, even if Bethesda was crazy enough to make a thousand unique planets with unique quests and structures that wasn't procedurally generated, that's at that point, for me... That's too much, and a game should never be that big. Unless it's a VMR RPG, like in, you know, uh, Sword Art Online. (laughs) (laughs) True. I I guess, yeah. If it was, like, meant to be a massive MMO or or a multiplayer game at all, like, you know, something like Elite Dangerous having a bunch of unique planets, that would make sense. But if this is supposed to be a single-player experience, no game should be that big. No game needs that much content, and I feel like you're only hurting the 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 receival of your final product if you bloat it with that much content. I I mean, I hope someone might prove yeah. me wrong in the future, but I don't want to play a game that big. Yeah, but that's like my only caution at this point. Everything else I saw, I'm with you. Look, I'm in. Like, I, I, I'm all in. It looked like it was fresh enough of a Bethesda game where it's not just doing it's not just like using the same dumbed down dumb shit that they did in Fallout 4 that nobody liked uh they've they've gone away from the mis- they've learned from the mistakes they made in Fallout 4 and and are just improving on their storytelling and hopefully upgraded their engine somewhat because goddamn was it outdated <laughs> yeah. but yeah it a lot the 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 locations we did see looked great. Um, don't really know much of what the story is, but it's a huge game, so I don't know why you would tease it because it's probably a lot of shit that can happen. But, but yeah, that was a great way to end the in the conference. I thought, yeah, it, you know, <laughs> Todd's such a fucking nerd. Oh my god, I love Todd. <laughs> well, he's got to do something to get people back in his good graces after, because like the last time we saw him was Fallout seventy six. It just works. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I do want to mention that, like, yeah, the money shot for Starfield was, you know, being able to not only customize the ship, like, like build your ship, 
but then also yeah. actually legitimately fly it. Like, not even and just shoot point shit. A to point B. There is ship combat, and there is real-time... I don't know, real-time is probably not the right word, but you can actually fly the ship. Crazy. Now, did the did the ship combat look great? No. No, but I don't care. <laughs> the fact that it's there at all? Crazy. Insanity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, man. Damn, this looks like some, some Battlefront 2 space combat. Yeah. So, you know, I ain't going to say Sony's dead. Uh, it's fun to meme and say Sony is in shambles. Um, but we are we are definitely at a point here. We're at a fork in the road where either Sony is going to do some crazy shit to try to compete with Microsoft, which, you know, their version of Game Pass does not seem that impressive. And they are certainly very far behind Microsoft's ball on getting a Game Pass rolling. Uh, so they, they need the exclusives they have to hit hard. They need to really drive home the pedigree of the games you can only play on PlayStation. And so so they're, they're either going to do Microsoft thing or they're going to take the other path and, and do their own thing and go hard on the exclusives. And, and then we might just have three gaming companies doing three very different gaming things. And I think that would be the, the best for all of us. Yeah, I, I would agree. Because, you know, granted... God of War Ragnarok might come to PC eventually, but <gasps> it's 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 not it, you know not for a while. It's not gonna be on Game Pass. No. So I gotta, we gotta get a. We still gotta get a PS5. Yeah, gotta get a PS5 to play God of War, Horizon Forbidden West, Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, and probably a whole bunch of other shit that I'm gonna flip out about whenever Sony does do their big summer showcase. Yeah. Well, I think we've gone long enough on these but two But we're still things. going. Oh, Because no, I on. need to talk about Sonic. Okay, I'm going to go make dinner. Um, <laughs> I promise it'll be fast. <laughs> I just want to say Sega is fucking fumbling the bag so fucking hard with their marketing strategy for, for everything coming out this year. Sonic Prime, Sonic Origins, and Sonic Frontiers. Sega's marketing is absolute dog shit for all of those things. And despite that, I think they're all going to be great. <laughs> At least, like, you can't really fuck up Sonic Origins. It's literally just four Sonic games from the 90s ported to PC, except for some weird music licensing issues with the Michael Jackson estate. That's okay. But Sonic Frontiers is the big news right now that they are showing it at Summer Games Fest. The first gameplay reveals from IGN looked like shit and nobody liked it and everyone was scared it was going to be a bad game. But now that Izuka, the head of Sonic Team, is doing interviews and they're talking about the game and they're showing gameplay from later builds than IGN seemed to get a hold of, people are talking about the demo they played at Summer Games Fest and people are excited. People like the game. Hayden, I am back on top and this is the greatest year of my life. <laughs> Sonic is Bro, going to be good again. It hasn't come out yet. Hold your horse. Sonic is going to be good. We're going to get the first passable Sonic 3D platformer in a fucking decade, Hayden. 
Golden Boy has one tweet talking about how buttery smooth the game feels, and all of a sudden you're just like he's on not the only one. Nine. The embargo on the demo reveal reviews got lifted today. GameSpot put out an interview with Azuka. Everyone's putting out their impressions from the gameplay, and it's all positive. Man, you've you've come full circle from that first gameplay reveal. Fuck yeah, I have. <laughs> I'm in. I'm excited. Okay, that's that's gonna do it for the episode. Say, I'm I'm getting to the point where I can't speak anymore. <laughs> I'll talk about Sonic Prime at a later date. Maybe once we get an actual fucking trailer, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you, Netflix. All right. Don't think you're getting away from more bitching next time we record. <laughs> if we remember. Yeah, that'll be a minute. All right. So thank you for joining us for this slightly extra-sized episode of Healthy Obsession. You get a whole, like, extra 15% on your plate here. Um, follow us on Twitter at Obsession underscore pod. Tell us what you thought the, the biggest, the hypest announcement was at the Microsoft Bethesda Showcase. Tell us what you think is the biggest, uh, what, what's going to be the biggest title of 2023 and the rest of 2022. And while you're at it, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review on Spotify. And, uh, you know, come back come back in a fortnight tell a friend bring, bring bring a friend give give him your extra earbud and sit there and listen to it together in the car it'll be like old times <coughs> <coughs> goodbye